it's not his fault. I just think the movie's not good. No, it's not his fault. I don't blame him for it. It's like he he just became James Bond in the two kind of jankiest James Bond movies. Karate and Garage. I'm Corey Culp. I'm Freddie Woff. Welcome to the first Monday kickstart of 2020. 2020. Dude, what? <laughs> it looks so weird seeing that on my calendar. I'm like, 2020? Why are we 2020? How did we get to yeah. 2020? Man, aren't we supposed to be in flying cars and shit? I mean, God damn it, dude. I, I thought we'd be all Blade runner out by now. Right. I mean, honestly, that was last year, but, you know, I was, we've been rooked. Right. I don't know what happened. In, this, in 2020, and 2019 can, you know, eat a bag, honestly. I think, I, don't, I think it's pretty fair to say that most people didn't have a great year. And I don't know, I guess I think we need to stop looking at that so much as like, Oh, it's a new year, so I need to renew myself. No, man, just if you feel like you need to change something, it shouldn't matter if it's February, June, August. Just if you feel like you need to modify something in your life to make it better, then just do it. Yeah, look, man, I, I it's, it's weird because I, it's, I don't make New Year's resolutions um, because, you know, I, I kind of just, I don't, I, you know, it's bullshit. I don't make promises right. to myself and then get upset when, you know, something happens and it doesn't happen or, you know, whatever. I don't pick six numbers and win the lottery. I'm not going to beat myself up over that. So, right. uh, yeah, man, the whole resolution thing. Um, it's cool, man. If you need to, make, if you need to do it, great. But, uh, you know, either... Either keep it to yourself <laughs> and just work on it, like, within. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I always, when people, like, come at me, like, so my New Year's resolution, I'm like, okay, you're not going to keep it. You just, whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, you know, I feel like if you're out telling people stuff, you know, maybe you're not that serious about it. You just should do it. Right. I don't know. It's. I find it kind of interesting how, that that becomes a dynamic. Well, what's your plan? Like here it is right now. Um, we are doing this a little early in advance of the sixth. This is the time of year where all these worst lists and best lists and all this other horseshit starts coming out because it's December. And you know, this it's kind of like almost the antithesis of it'll be an award season and everything's a positive spin on this group of movies over here. And you know, you've been getting screeners since you were gone, and <laughs> I can only imagine. I mean, what? How many screeners do you get uh, of her award season? Right now, I probably have upwards of forty, or maybe close to fifty, like a pile of them. Right, and and <laughs> it, and yeah, and we're on the cusp of it being, and we're we're short, just a few days away from it being twenty twenty, and when we're recording this, I mean, forty sounds low to me. And I mean, I probably have more. I mean, I also oh, no, no, I no, di- just, digital. Yeah. I have digital links. <laughs> I mean, I'm not counting. I'm just counting the physical ones. It, there's a pile in there, and I'm guessing it's around forty or fifty. Right, and that's what's funny about when you start getting physical media from. Oh, you mean uh, like a hard disk of the Irishman? 
Yeah, like like that. Netflix, everything that's on Netflix that they're award season for, I also got a hard disc for. Right. Nerd story, all that stuff. Hulu's the same way. Yep. Um, their Handmaid's Tale box sets, that's what they are. I mean, fans covet these things because they're so ridiculous. There's so much money in paper goods being utilized to create these such these super extravagant things. For a show that doesn't require any of these materials to be used, you can watch them anytime, anytime. Amazon Prime, they go nutty with their Miss Maisel boxes that come out. They're it's absurd, right? And yeah, yeah, it, it it is, man. I mean, it's it's dude. I gotta say, it's a lot of stuff that I end up like. Plus, you get the. I mean, the cool thing I will say about the Irishman is they sent like their their physical presentation package, like you know the they're all they did these great they're like a series of lobby cards like old school lobby cards oh, right on. shots from the movie you know and that's cool I, I haven't even opened them they came in a cellophane and I'm like oh, I'm just gonna hold on to this because somebody's gonna want up something right I still haven't dove into it yet but like you know Jojo Rabbit sent out a whole thing I just threw it all in the shit I threw it in the trash <laughs> <laughs> I watched I watched as much of the movie as I could stand and then yeah. I threw but I mean I don't there's I have a digital presentation you get links to it and then, and then they send. I mean, it's it just literally. I get bombarded with so much like physical, like paperwork. Like that was part of what I was saying earlier. Was you know throwing stuff out because it's just it's. I've been gone for three weeks. I came home. It was piled. Reese just piled it on the. You know, it's piled. <laughs> Yeah, you know, she doesn't open it. So like I'm going through all this stuff and I'm like, oh, man, if there's no discs in here, I'm just it's all just got to go in the trash. It's it's I mean, too it's, it's, too it's much. sad, but you know. Well, that's I, I, that's one of those things that bothers me. It's like getting junk mail. It, it's, why do you? Why can't I tell you to go eat balls? Stop sending me your crap because now I have to deal with it. Now I have to take out that thing and I have to shred that thing that's got my name and, and address on it. It's like well, now I have to deal with it. It's like, stop sending me your crap. I don't want your credit card. <laughs> it's a stop. And we still get we still get mail from the previous tenants. Not just the ones that were here before us, the immediately before us, but prior to them, we get their crap. And the thing that's kind of scary, and I think I might have mentioned to you before about this, right? They, there is really important shit that comes for the people that used to live here two, two um, jumps back. I mean, I mean, I'm not kidding. Financial stuff, not just hey, get our credit card or hey, here's your AARP statement. We are getting retirement statements. Wait, does somebody think you're still alive? Because <laughs> I think you're dead, honestly. Because this, yeah. is, the, this is the kind of stuff, you, you make sure this stuff gets forwarded. This isn't the kind of stuff that you just like, hey, I don't know where my statements are. Hey, I don't think I'm going to do anything about it. I'm just not going to get my financial statements. Yeah, I, I get the same kind of bullshit from the dude who I, that lived here. But dude, I mean, I've lived in this house for 15 years. It's yeah. weird. Like, I still get, I just throw it in the trash. I'm sorry, man. If you haven't changed your address and shit, fuck you. Right. I don't care. It's not up to me to like to take your mail and fucking make sure you get it. If you haven't changed your address at this point, 15 years down the road, then it's on you, dude. <laughs> right. And, that, and I think we've talked about this woman before that lived us, lived before us two steps back. That she's the ghost that's here. Right. Right. We, and that's why as soon as her mail comes, we immediately put it in the trash. I'm like, stop. Cause she, I mean, she hasn't been poking around in a while and I don't know why that is. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's, yeah, man. It, you gotta, you can't, you can't store that stuff. You can't keep it around. No. 
you know, it's for she, a needs, lot of, she needs to move on and like, you know, yeah. I mean, so I think yeah, it, you're doing the right thing with that stuff for sure. I think uh, she has because, you know, because, because before we started immediately putting that shit in the trash and we just left it on the counter, kind of deciding what we're going to do with it or, or the trash is full. We have nowhere to shove it <laughs> that she would make her appearances. And I don't know if you just, I don't know. Anyway, that's why I said me the crack earlier about alive or dead. Cause I don't know if she's still alive. dead or alive. <laughs> You're coming with me. Um, fucking Robocop knows. Oh, that's, so, oh yeah. See, we need to do Robocop soon too. Cause yeah. it's been on my mind. Um, just talking with people at work that, you know, when we're talking about the year I graduated from high school, my 87, man, we had some amazing movies that year. And, Robocop obviously being one of them and yeah man because we were talking about movies that come out of nowhere that yep. just become a, a cultural explosion just from that and now what's funny is like everybody's seen Robocop and it's technically a franchise because they made three and then the, this TV series that they did and then I only count the first two man the rest of them I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I've never seen the third one and I've never seen the TV show and I tried to watch the reboot, but it was awful. The reboot is exactly what you think it is. It's, I know, it, it, it was, I got to a certain point when I was watching with Joey, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what you're going to think Robocop is. I didn't feel like I was watching a Robocop movie. I just felt like I was watching some generic sci fi movie. Oh, it, mean, it's a, it'd be a great double bill to not watch with the Total Recall remake. Right. And you could also, if you want to, if you want to bore yourself with another movie, you could tack onto that. You could tack on Criminal with Kevin Costner because it has like most of the same cast as Robocop. Gary Oldman's in it. And it's oh, just right. awful. Yeah. It, it, look, honestly, if you, if you just threw me into a room and it was on playing, it would take me a while to figure out which one of the three I was watching. Don't so, badmouth movies because everybody gets mad now. No. Like I saw, like, yeah. Everybody crying about like worst end list. I just don't right. read them. Right. And, and, I, and that, that's. And, People can write them. I don't care. But like getting upset about the year's worst list and the, the year. If you're going to get upset about the year's worst list, then you should be upset about the year's best list or just don't care. I mean, I don't. Right. None of that. I don't. I, the 10 best list don't do anything for me either. Right. Yeah. I've said the same thing. I, I, Gauge what I watch based on lists. Right. Someone's going to make a list, whether it's good or bad, and I'm not going to agree with it. Right. Or That's okay. Or, and, and I'm like, well, that's why when I was, and I'll do it, we're, and I think it's going to, well, we have a little more chance uh, to kind of prep for this this year, but what we had talked briefly, you and I talked briefly about um, before you went to Dallas was doing 31 days of 2019, here's what impacted me. And it wasn't going to necessarily be always a positive thing, but it always wasn't going to, and it wasn't necessarily going to be movies. Like, hey, the shooting affected me. Hey, this, it was going to be things that just affected you personally, as opposed to, because it's not, that's not a best or worst. That's just, hey, I experienced this this year and this is what the fuck happened. That's what spawned that was these best and worst lists. And I'm like, oh, fuck, it's, it's just like award shows. I'm like, there's a reason why they said, hey, Let's make 10 movies nominated for Best Picture. I'm like, why? To accommodate all the crybabies that say, why aren't you putting Marvel movies up there? They made $5 billion. Well, that's not what the Oscars are, dumbass. But, yeah. you know, but I, I'm a kind of over award shows anyway. I have been for a long yeah, time. And it's something, that, so. it's something that Eddie Vedder said years ago, right? <laughs> what do you say? I can, I'm paraphrasing Eddie Vedder here. It's like, how can you sit there and say that that song's better than that song? They're not the same song. They're not written in the yeah, same I context. Mean, you can't say one song is better than another because they came out the same year. I haven't watched the Oscars 
since Crash was Best Picture. And that's when you stop because that's a reason yeah. to stop. <laughs> Correct. That's right. And, uh, you know, that's when I was just like, well, that's cool. But I just don't agree with that. And never, I mean, I, you know, whatever. Whatever you think of Crash, you know, I was like, oh, that's Best Picture? Yeah, this isn't for me. I mean, I do. That's That wasn't even, I mean, honest to God, I don't even know if I had seen it at that point. Or maybe I had and saw half of it. And I was, I was, I was shocked. Like, I thought it was like a, I was like, is that this movie? And I was like, is it the Cronenberg movie? <laughs> Maybe they nominated that 10 years later yeah. after it had come out. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't. Award shows, I don't watch them really because I don't have three hours to lie on my sofa and, you know, watch people clap for things that I may have seen and maybe I didn't see or maybe I don't care to see or maybe I, I mean, right. the movies I like aren't really ever nominated for Oscars anyway. I mean, I don't think anybody's nominating Crawl this year. So, no. Yeah. If you watch the BTS for it, the, the the visual effects are great, and but just there's so many visual effects that are in movies that people don't realize are happening anyway. And yeah, uh, it's cool, man. I mean, award yeah. shows are for people who like award shows, and I just don't. I mean, I don't care. Everybody could get their award, and that's awesome. But um, I'm not gonna get mad about it, or no. or getting a twist about, or getting a twist about things that are on a ten worst list. I mean, you know. Some of the movies I like the most are probably on some 10 worst list. And that's, you know, <laughs> it's funny you say that because you know, Melody hadn't seen Zombievers yet. And we watched it a couple of nights ago and, you know, right away, she just rolling her eyes. I'm like, it's called Zombievers. You just got to just sit back and kind of roll with that idea for a moment. And then you'll enjoy the movie. Right. Cause it's, <laughs> cause it's, <laughs> You're buying in at the title, which, which brings me to, some films I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, in January. Yeah. Like, uh, like underwater. <laughs> See, and, and you know, it's funny. I had, I had talked briefly about it before we started recording and I haven't seen the trailer yet, but I saw a static image of it talking about the movie and I'm like, Underwater, that's the name of it? You guys spent a lot of time on that title. Dude, I, I feel like they're talking about like the whole like production is just underwater. Like it feels like it was made, the trailer feels like it was made five years ago. Honest to God. And you and that's funny you say that too, because all, all I keep thinking about now is you're calling it underwater, and if it sucks, it's just gonna be a big pile of lame ass puns for when everybody was waiting for James Cameron's The Abyss to come out. You know, <laughs> oh yeah, it's uh, it's you know, I mean the tra- I, I will totally see it. It's like I mean I love you put you, I, dude. I will watch. I've watched Deep Space. I've I've seen all those movies, Leviathan, Deep Star Six. This looks really not even that good. Right. <laughs> this looks worse than the Meg, if that's possible. No, but um, Meg's fun. Yeah, kind of, sort of. I mean, there, I, there's a. There, I read the book. The book is so much better. There's a way better movie that exists. Somewhere like the Jan de Bont one, I think would have been way better than the John Turtletaub one. Uh, uh, look, man, it's okay, but I mean, it's it's terrible. There's, there's there's I could barely I could barely get through it, and I'm uh, a sucker for those kind of movies. And I just I, you know I like to see, I like to see Turtle. It's the transporter of shark movies, friend. Wow. Yeah. No, I would have said Forty Seven Meters Down is. Oh, I'd rather watch Forty Seven Meters Down than Meg. Honestly. Um. Uh, I don't know. There's so many things that are bad about Meg. Like, dude, again, they put an actress in there with Jason Statham. I mean, literally, think about it. It's a Chinese actress who maybe she doesn't speak English. I don't know, but her performance performance is horrible. She's like unwatchably bad in the movie. Rain Wilson is the only thing that's any good in the movie, and they kill him. (laughs) It's so funny in it. Why are we talking about the Meg? God. I didn't bring it up. 
I know I did, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, but I'm just saying underwater looks it, at least that good, bad, d- d- depending on, you know, your likes or taste. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the Meg. I just don't think it's good. <laughs> anyway. It's like Deep Blue Sea. My hat is a Sharks fan. Wah, wah, wah. Oh, man. Or Deep, Deep Blue Sea, too. There's so much to like about Deep Blue Sea. I like Deep Blue Sea. And... Th- the animatronic shark they have at the beginning where he takes off Homeboy's arm. Yeah. It doesn't have an in-camera over-cranking going on when they do that. They do something in post, like the slow-mo, but I think it's it's forced. I don't think it's, you know, your traditional stuttered after the fact, you know, post-slow-mo. But it's really weird for them to still pull off the effect. They slow it down because I think that when they do it at real speed, it didn't look real even though... <laughs> That's how it would go. It would be super fast, take the arm off and be done with it. But something that would have lasted half a second or two, and the dude's arm was gone. If they didn't slow-mo it, you, you couldn't have... Oh, you yeah. Could, yeah, it had to be the gag. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to... You wouldn't read. It's like watching videos of people like getting hit in the head on video on YouTube. Right. Cause like, what did happen? It had happened so fast. I'm like, and, and you see it in real time, and then somebody will slow it down so you can see it afterwards. It's like watching a sports center. <laughs> did you see that puck... I didn't see the puck come off his stick. Oh, there's the slow mo. I can see it. Right. Now. It makes it almost. There should be a slow mo YouTube channel. Well, there is. <laughs> it's this called the slow mo guys, I think. Oh, but yeah. but they do but they do stuff like they rent phantom cameras and run and and then break things at a thousand frames per second. Yeah, I don't. I I think there's better things to do with with a hundred and fifty thousand dollar camera than watch you break an egg in slow motion. Yeah, man. <laughs> Go make a commercial breaking an egg in slow motion. Yeah, and I've seen that. I've seen I've seen eggs break in slow motion since I was like ten. What? I feel like I feel like they were doing that when I was like ten years old. Like during night flight on USA, there was commercials. Dude, <laughs> like, have I've, you gotten shells in your egg? There, holy shit, dude! Do you have a Roku? I do. Okay, I stumbled across another new streaming channel last night. Yes, Dark Matter TV. It was just one of those ones that kind of advertises when you're looking at your own channels that you've already loaded or have uh, put added to your Roku. Mm-hmm. It came up on the sidebar like advertising called Dark Matter TV. They got a mixed bag of indie horror, 80s, schlock. I mean, it's just like when people were like looking like at Cave pot. Girl. Dude, I don't know if it's anything gnarly like that, but Dark Matter TV, like I mentioned, it's got a whole bunch of cra- Oh, man, dude, you can get. What's the show on HBO, His Dark Matters or whatever it's called? Oh, I don't Dude. know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Somebody was talking about it. And I was like, it sounds awful. Like, <laughs> it sounds like some show about, is it about pedophiles? And they, they were like, I got all of like, I guess there's books. It's very like, it, it's kind of like the Golden Compass vibe. Those, It's like those books, but it, it was, it's called like His Dark matters <laughs> now i gotta look it up because i've gone on record but the title i was like what i thought it was like a he somebody was talking about it and i was like is that are you talking to what is that is it like a documentary on pedophilia and they were like no what do you, mean you don't know this and i'm like I, I don't know it that's what i'm saying but from what you're saying it sounds weird so this is the this actually just dropped dark matter tv just dropped on 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 uh, halloween this past year I, again i didn't know about it so this is at this is just a variety article back from October and it says at launch Dark Matter will offer access to over 400 titles including horror classics like uh, Dario Argento's Deep Red and William Castle's House on Haunted Hill as well as newer movies like um like Ip Man the Final Fight uh The Love Witch which is just a couple years old now 
Um, Police Story Lockdown with Jackie Chan. TV shows licensed by Dark Matter include Australian comedy, sci-fi, soulmates. But this is kind of old, but there's some really crazy shit on there. And it's on Apple TV. It's on Roku. It's on Fire TV. It's on all the usual locations. Yeah, I'll check it out on my Fire Stick. (laughs) My Stick of Fire. My Fire Stick. Dark Matter TV. free, And again, it it is ad-supported, not unlike Pluto TV. But these things are kind of like, last night, dude, uh... True Romance was on Pluto. And the thing that's really cool about Pluto is every, if it's rated R, it's rated R. They play it just, you know, yeah, occasionally you'll have an ad once in a while. But the ads are usually maybe two or three 15-second ads and you're back. Just a usual commercial break and you're right back to. It's like instead of watching a show on a movie on TV with the commercials and everything neutered, it's, it's just the movie with commercials. And right. um, we came into it right when... Right when um, Christopher Walken and Dennis Hopper, this was me last night. Can I remember Hopper's name last night? Hopper. Um, Hooper. The Dennis two Hooper. Them. Yeah, Dennis Hooper. <laughs> I would have, dude, I, how, think about Jaws with Dennis Hopper playing Hooper. Can you imagine? Hey, man, <laughs> chief man. Hey, oh, man. Yeah. He'd be doing something else with those oxygen tanks. <laughs> right, dude, it would give him his moment for his, like, daddy wants to fuck speech. In the middle of Jaws, what the fuck is he doing? I don't know. Someone throw Hooper overboard. Uh, Hopper, deep blue, deep blue velvet. Deep blue velvet. My head is your, like a shark's fin. There's your mashup. I wish. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, yeah, man. I'm looking at you know. It's funny because like I was trying to figure out what my kickstart, what I was excited about. Like, but there's no movies that really excite me in January, man. Um, most most of what's coming out, I've already seen them. Like right. they're like leftover like award shows, like 1917, which I did not like. Um, I mean, I didn't dislike it. I just fell asleep. It was boring. Um, you know, I'm sure that people will crucify me for saying that, but man, I, it just made me want to watch Paths of Glory. Like the new Grudge, I'm not sure that I liked the old Grudge. I liked the original one, but the new one, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably see it eventually. Uh, but that drops this week. Underwater, you know. There's just not a lot of uh, not a, not a lot of new movies coming out. Uh, well, yeah. Like, um, you know. Well, right. It's funny. Um, it's even if Even if you're right, because if right now all you're doing is getting the last eleven months of releases getting shoved into your face and being reminded that they came out this year or came out in 2019. Um, but like. Um, any upcoming movies? In, no, nobody releases any movies in January because all the people are still seeing. They're still going to movies to see yeah. movies that are getting re-released because of awards. Right, um, and people are probably still going to see Star Wars. So why put your movie out when uh, Star Wars <laughs> is still raking in money? Yeah, I'm not getting into that. Nope, me neither. <laughs> Haven't seen it. Won't be seeing it. Right, probably never too, talk about it after this. There's too many movies, and that we can talk about positively. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> then, then, um, then to go down the road of, you know, whatever. Let's just steer away from, <clears throat> let's just stay away from that. It's my yeah. bad for even saying it, but it was in Well, the, you know, uh, it's, I, it, well, unfortunately, dude, they're a Disney property and they're reality, so it's hard not to talk about movies and not trip over it, so. Yeah. And I, I already just, mentioned Marvel movies, so we're, so they're, oh, hey, speaking of Marvel movies, uh, I think the, I think Marvel said they kicked off uh, pre-production for Deadpool 3. I saw it was announced in the, uh, you know, I saw it in a uh, in a feed yesterday, maybe Deadline. Right. So, I think, or maybe it was on Ryan Reynolds' Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. 
I might I just, ditch Twitter, dude. Twitter is like, I, like sometimes, like, like just I'm like Marvel, like that thing, that link I sent you, which I don't want to talk about. But God, right. dude, what? I mean, don't take the hate bait, bro. <laughs> right, I, and I don't, I don't get that, and uh, it's something I've, I've talked to people about, you know, offline. I'm like, I don't understand why you need to go there, but yeah, it can be such a fucking cesspool, dude. And I can't. It's like it's. I might just have to create that Instagram account for the show because I, I don't know if I can. It's one thing to pop in there long enough to say and shoot it out there. I mean, you know, when we released the Nice Guys episode and we did something for the first time that we hadn't done before, and that was tagged the people involved, and and we we tagged Ryan Gosling, we tagged Russell Crowe, and we tagged Shane Black, and um. And we had talked about for a while for doing that. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's not so, it's not socially on social media anyway. It's not, you know, it's not a faux pas. It's not a bad idea. It's not, no. it's not frowned upon. But I, we, we kind of, I don't know, maybe subconsciously, like, does, do we want them to know that somebody's saying this about them, or do they, or do they even care? But the idea wasn't, wasn't always our, our concern wasn't always to do that and have any of those those that any of that talent like see it and like all those assholes it was to kind of like reach the people that do like them and say because there's people that do that on social media they lay they're searching for ryan gosling tweets and articles that they don't they're not aware of and oh yeah so when they do that they come across they may stumble across the show and find some interest in it but i mean that's the whole idea of what's the whole point of hashtags that people use but you know uh yeah so uh, yeah twitter can be twitter it's I don't want to say diabolical because with usually with diabolical entities you can you can't avoid them. This you can right. avoid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I kind of have a couple things I want to talk about, like that I am excited about uh, yeah. for this week. One of them, well, actually two of them, and maybe three of them, uh, all involve Juliana Hatfield. <laughs> Yes. Who I'm going to go see on the 21st, uh, and I'm very excited about it. I haven't seen Juliana probably since the late 90s. What's the 21st? It is a Tuesday, so yeah. third third Tuesday in uh, January. I know it's a couple weeks away. But, what's it, what's um, what's that? What's it the proximity to date wise? Why why are you very, going to the it's show? Very, it's very close to my birthday. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what, if and that's what, what you're fishing for, it, I was fishing, but God, I didn't think it was going to take that long. <laughs> I don't like to. I don't like to out myself. Um, and, but and how old are you going to be again? <laughs> I'm going to be. I'm going to be the big five zero. It's five zero. I'm there. actually now. I've re, I've reached the halfway point in my life. <laughs> I'm halfway, I'm halfway to over. I do. Or it will I'm, be shortly. I'm glad you have an improved outlook on life because several months ago, you said, I got another 20 years in me. No, I said, I got another, I said, maybe I got another 20 summers in me. That's what I said. <laughs> oh, 20 um, summers. Why is that 20 the same summers. Thing? Yeah, but it sounds worse when you say summers because then people are like, <laughs> then people get all like, ooh, dude, why? That's dark. Why would you say that? I, well, like, just what was I just, I was saying last year, I said, hey, man, I just finished my, my 50th. From my fiftieth Christmas, <laughs> 50, 50 Christmases, man. Yeah, man, that's a lot of Christmases. It's <laughs> Some people don't get fifty Christmases, man. It's, no, yeah. I don't know. I mean, like, again, but, okay. uh, yeah, but, Juliana but, Hatfield yes. Juliana <laughs> for Hatfield. my birthday. She, two things: uh, she just dropped a cover album of all Police songs, mm. <laughs> but that is the follow-up, and she also dropped another new record, like. Uh, she dropped a, like a full new album of uh, 
all new material, um, I think November, like right around Thanksgiving, the same time that the uh, police cover record dropped. But this all leads me back to the Olivia Newton-John cover record, which actually came out in 2018. But right. um, I sent you a couple of the tracks and the videos. But dude, it's it's such a great record. <laughs> dude, I immediately, once you sent me the link to the to a little more love and I'm like wait I want to pull the whole album up and I saw what was on there I'm like download I did yeah, so I got that and the police album because dude that's all I've listened to in the car than a podcast it's so good yeah and and they're covering and both those albums cover so much of our youth right and not and, and what I love about her is she, that she she she's very faithful on some song and then some songs she kind of just takes them and makes them you know she kind of puts her own spin on them but they're also not the especially on the police record it's not full of the covers you would expect if somebody was covering a police album there's some stuff right. on there i was like wow I, that's awesome that she covered it right the songs that you would think like when i was scrolling through it the first time i almost didn't i'm like i was looking to see if she did every every breath you take because i was hoping she didn't and the first time i scanned through it i'm like oh good she didn't do it and then when i was listening to it then i heard it i was right. like oh and, but no, but I 100% agree. The thing about living in John's version, like in, in, in the context of her doing a bunch of songs you haven't heard of, most people haven't heard yeah, those songs. totally. Anyway, so right. it wasn't like she had, a, she might have had five or six big hits that went top 20, top 40, but it wasn't anything that most people would recognize. We do because we heard it because we had the whole albums. We, we right. had the whole thing. The majority of Olivia Newton-John's recording career was pre-Greece anyway. I mean, the right. big hits, all that stuff. So, I mean, for her to cover things like Have You Never Been Mellow and uh, A Little More Love and, you know, Please, Mr. Please, all those songs are, you know, they're pre-Greece. Oh, and A Little More Love is post. Is after? Is it post? Yeah, it might be post-Greece. But yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah. Like in the 80s, I mean, the only two songs on there really from the 80s are Physical, which right. she does a really good cover because it's, it's a, it, so good. It's actually, I think, better than the original song, <laughs> which I, I was only yeah. a fan of marginally because I was 11 or whatever when it came out. And, you know, just the whole like hints of, you know, the this hidden set, hidden sexual whatever in the song, you know, and then the goofy video they made. But then the other 80s song is Make a Move on Me, which... Her version, Juliana's version, I think is better as a song than the Olivia Newton-John version. But uh, sure, but I mean, it's great. It's I mean, I dude, I would imagine Olivia Newton-John is somewhere smiling that somebody you know went out and did an eighteen-song cover album, right. uh, spanning her entire career. I think it's great. The, in the video for a little more love, it's like that's the first thing that I heard from it because you sent that along to me, and knowing that song so well, when I'm like, man. She she does every punch and every vocal punch in that Livia did on the record. She does, and it's like, oh my gosh! I mean, like you said, that's one of those ones that's a perfect example of the faithfulness to the recorded studio ver original studio version as opposed to doing her own thing. So when you get to those songs where she does her own thing, it's kind of, it's so refreshing. Even though you know the song, you're like, and you dig it because you hear and know the original so well. So when you know that you notice those 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 minor changes and and personal personalized touches she puts on it but dude i think i got more of that though on the police album i thought oh, yeah. there, was, there was more of her interpretation of the songs where she wasn't you could tell that she was somebody that grew up and sang a living and john's exactly 
exactly the way as they were recorded just right. for being a young girl and it makes sense to her to sing them that way so for her to do police songs for her to do her own spin on them most of them um that's what makes them stand out so much right well what's funny man is it's like i was like oh yeah and i didn't realize i mean i guess i knew it but it was just weird but juliana is older than both of us <laughs> right I had to be she's probably fifty-two about that. or fifty-three. She's not that right. much older than us, but right. It, you know. yeah, and I had to go. I had to go back and look, and I'm like, because um, the video for some you know, a little more love. She has sunglasses. It's just you know, then people following her around the street and everything like that, right? Because she's so unrecon. She's mostly unrecognizable when she was in at her height. So, yeah. So I'm like, oh man, she looks exactly the same. And then she had her glasses off at one. Her sunglasses off at one point. I'm like, oh no, she looks. She looks great. I'm not trying to take a shot at her. I'm like, because she looks, mostly in the video, she looks like she did in 94. Yeah, she absolutely. Look, but, you know, when she takes off the glasses, I'm like, thank God she didn't do anything wacky. She never no, seemed like man. the type that would anyway. No, she just, but, she just age, she's aging appropriately like all of us. I mean, you know, the, well, you and I and her <laughs> and whoever else might be. But uh, yeah, man, I mean, look, I, I've always been a big fan. Like, you know, she wrote songs on that first Susanna Hoffs record. I mean, I was into, I had, I had all of her, I had the first three solo records. I liked the Juliana Hatfield trio. I mean, you know, so for the fact that she is dropping these kind of cool cover records and her new album, which is really good. I'm about halfway through it. I listened to it uh, while I was driving around yesterday, you know, and then dude, just randomly, she's going to be playing in Dallas while I'm here. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go check it out. Speaking of Susanna Hoffs, I'm going to go ahead and throw this thing out there. This is something I would not have been aware of if it wasn't for you. I think we're up to volume three now, but um, Susanna Hoffs and Matthew Sweet have done a, a series of uh, covers. Speaking of covers, yep, called Under the Covers. I think we've we've covered. They've gone to th- volume three now. Yep, is that right? Sixties, seventies, and eighties. Yeah, right. And it is so amazing. And what's so kick-ass is you can get them on vinyl too, not just CD, not just download. You you had sent me oh, from I, yeah, because we were we were we were gushing over Susanna Hoff's first album. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was. I, I have. I actually own the vinyl, the box set of the vinyl. Right, because um, because was I think no, that's what prompted it. I, I sent you, you pictures post, of right. Her, you right? Sent I sent me you pictures. pictures of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, ooh, what's that? And then you sent me a link to one of the songs from the third volume, the 80s out volume. And gosh, I can't remember what song it was. This is one that is so good. And again, by two artists that you know, but maybe you really don't know. They, you know, they, they Matthew, oh, yeah. Matthew, Matthew Sweet's another one of those guys, just like Juliana was, where even though they were recognizable names when they hit in the 90s, they weren't, they didn't blow up. Like Susanna blew up with the Bengals, but no, no, you know, but her solo career kind of didn't go anywhere. Right. Yeah. For the most part. And, and so I think Matthew and, and Susanna, what they did, and what's something really cool about the series, it's not just a box set of those three decades. It's been released over time. It wasn't like, here's the box set or here it is in three different, you know, three different uh, individuals uh, releases for, those decades they started releasing these things in like 2006 yeah i think the first one was 2006 and And they started 2008 maybe yeah yeah every couple years they were putting them out something like that maybe but it was so good and i'm like i'm dude i didn't even hesitate once i listened to a little bit on spotify 
and which is kind of like how I do things now. I listen to things on Spotify. I'm like, oh, that's worth owning. And I pick it up. Sometimes, you know, I might even pick up a CD if it's available on CD, but I don't even ever open the CDs. I buy it because I want to support the artist. And I, most of the time, if I can, and I can get it direct from the artist and not not be concerned about, you know, saving a few bucks. Right. I want to make sure, I want to make, because dude, just because I, even if they sold it for the same price at Amazon, they're not getting the same cut, you know, if I buy. Oh yeah, uh, no way. As opposed to buying directly to them. And this is, if you don't continue to support your artists, at least right now, and, and I don't see it changing anytime soon, if you don't support your artists directly, then your favorite artist might go away and might stop performing or at least might stop recording. I mean, they're never going to stop recording performing they can't if they can physically do it they're gonna do it because they have to have make a living yeah it's funny like uh matthew and Susanna, they they've you know over the course of this uh, whatever 12 years since the first record came out whatever somewhere around that whatever it is right. 13 years uh you know they they do play a lot of just impromptu shows like where they'll like you know they just hey tonight we're gonna they're gonna jam at the tigram ballroom <laughs> or whatever so right. i mean you you know there's tons of youtube videos of them doing and they're, they're really their voices are so good together and i mean you know matthew sweet is somebody i've always dug i mean i discovered him in the or, you know early 90s that girlfriend record and you know altered beast son of altered beast yeah, it's funny when when you had you had reached out to me at one point asking me about Matthew Sweet and what I thought of him. This is before you had forwarded me or we, we had uh, taken the pictures and showed me the under the covers album, and he and just like a conversation about that was similar to our Juliana conversation we had last week. It's like, yeah, there's no there's no massive love for those artists. It's just because I never got to dive into them, and then once I started doing it, maybe just because I'm older, and I could appreciate. The musicianship there am i going oh my gosh because <laughs> seriously like why wasn't i listening to this 20 years ago <laughs> well, it's yeah it's very strange man i remember dumping I, I remember i broke up with my girlfriend well she wasn't my girlfriend at the time she was just a girl i was seeing but i i stopped seeing her because she hated matthew sweet <laughs> and i wanted i was in austin and he was playing in austin and i was like well, let's go you know she's like oh, that's so horrible sick of myself that's like blah, 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 blah. and i'm like okay well so that was it. That was the last time I saw her. I went and saw the show, and I never saw her again. I know it seems awful, but you know it was just weird. It's just funny, like um, you know. And then, uh, then I, I, Matthew. I mean, he's put out a record. I mean, he's dude. He just put out a record last year, or maybe this year. I mean, he's still putting out solo albums too. And you know, I, I really enjoy most of them. Uh, but it's funny because he's a guy. Like I saw, and it's funny he plays. It's there's a couple bands that I've seen on location, Matthew Sweet being one of them, who just kind of randomly show up in the cities where I'm working. So I'm like, I saw him when I was in Cleveland last year. He played yeah. uh, at the Beachland Ballroom, and then uh, the other act that is like that. I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, old ninety sevens. Oh yeah, we've told. Oh no, we, you and I have talked about the old ninety sevens. Oh yes, right, right with yeah. Rhett Miller. I mean, they're actually. Yeah. I I saw them in New Orleans. I saw them in in Cleveland. I saw them in Cincinnati. And now I'm going to see them in Dallas because they're playing in Fort Worth the week after Julian F. That's awesome. Yeah, it's weird. It's just, you know, one of those random things, uh, you know, who's following who. Yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't aware of the 97s until I saw the breakup with Vince Vaughn. Oh, right, 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 right. We did. Yeah. Talk. Yes, I remember. Yeah, we did talk about yeah. this. And, and I'm like, oh, these guys are great. And then. Uh, just from the you know the background songs at the show that they're supposed to be at, and then I immediately 
we grabbed one of their CDs. I sampled a couple of times on iTunes and I ended up buying a CD. I'm like, oh my gosh, these guys are great. Of course, it's it's funny how you kind of covet things, being married. And I think that's what kind of helps marriages too. And just couples in general stay together. Is that they, they have enough in common as far as uh, media consumption. Right. Uh, but, but still have their own thing because you, you got to have your own thing. And, you know, there's plenty of stuff that Melody would just, like, I don't care about that. <laughs> I just don't care about that. Like the Irishman. Uh-huh. Look, I, I don't have any, I don't have enough of a desire to... Dude, I have a Martin Scorsese movie sitting available to me, has been for weeks, and I haven't even cared <laughs> to hit play. Yeah. I And I have, I have consumed things I've never heard of and that equate to maybe seeing the Irishman maybe three or four times over. And I still haven't bothered with it. What's weird? I would I want to ask you this question then, because I am the same way with this Michael Bay movie that came out. I don't give a Everybody. shit about seeing it. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, but, but there was a time when I would have run to the theater to see a Michael Bay movie. Is it because right. it's on TV and I just like it's there and I know that I can watch it whenever I want? Or I don't I, know. What is it? I, I mean, don't know. you know, I feel like I don't it. Know. Is it partly because it's just so readily available now that it, the excitement's Maybe. worn off, or yeah, or do I think I don't want to see it on TV? I mean, we I, talked, yeah, 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 we talked about that before. Of you know, hey, it's great that you, know, you work on a lot of smaller movies, and and there's something to be said about if you want to go see a movie, you want to help, you know, you want to help a movie do well, go see it in the theater. But it's not just the support of the movie; it's like the experience of it. Are you right? I'm not going to expect. Even though I, I plug um, Derek's movie American Dreamer like till I'm blue in the face with people at work, and I don't know if it's going to be as impactful for people when they throw it on their TV as opposed it was to us experience it in the theater like we did. Right. And I think that goes with it, without saying that it's probably even more so for a Bay movie where you have you need that spectacle as big and as loud as it can be, and I don't know if you're going to get that watching on your iPad. Right. That's kind of how I feel. Like maybe that's why I didn't, you know, I saw the Irishman, but I mean, I wait, you know, I saw it after it had been available for a week or so. And then I figured I had an, I had a window to watch it. <laughs> right. Otherwise I, I'd be like, yeah, I wouldn't have seen it yet. So, uh, but you know, again, uh, Martin's, there was a time, dude, any Martin Scorsese or any gangster movie, right. mobster movie, I, dude, I was in, I mean, I saw, right. I saw Ruby, I saw, uh, I saw <laughs> King of New York in a theater. I saw State of Grace in a theater. I, I mean, I saw Men of Respect with John Turturro in a theater. Wow. Things that like, just because it, the genre, that, that, that was my thing. But I, you know, I had chances to see The Irishman in a theater and I didn't do it. Maybe I should have. And, you know, maybe I'll kick myself, but I'm sure at some point there'll be a retrospect or, you know, I'll have one more shot at it. Right. See it in a theater. And, and it'd, be, it'd be nice if in retrospect, <laughs> with that retrospect, they put an intermission in there. The, I almost got close to seeing it in the theater. But when Lynch said that there's no intermission, I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't do that. Because when I saw, when we saw Endgame, which is <laughs> three hours long, you right. know, I emptied it, <laughs> emptied my bladder before I went in. I stood there even though I didn't feel like I needed to pee. And I, and I, when, and when we're he, eating popcorn, and stuff. I had to stop eating popcorn because it was making me thirsty, and I was trying to not to drink anything. And even when we got to the very end of the movie, I was like struggling. And I got a bladder steal from my FedEx days, dude. I can I can hold it three and a half hours. That just mm. 
But at the same time, when we talked about it's sitting right here, and maybe I'm not into it because I've never seen a Martin Scorsese movie in at home as the first time I've seen it. I've, I've always seen it in the theater, with the exception of the stuff, you know, like Raging Bull. I was too young to see it in the theater, so I didn't see it until VHS. But f- from that point forward, everything I saw of his, I saw in the theater, always, with the exception of Silence, because... It just didn't interest me. Yeah, exactly. But this kind of movie, Goodfellas, Casino, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, my gosh, dude. Wolf of Wall Street just, if I would have seen that at home for the first time, I would have been so disappointed in myself because it's made with that in mind. It's made with you seeing it in 70 feet across. Yep. That (laughs) would be, that's why I haven't seen it. It has to be the reason. With Six Underground, I keep reading the same thing over and over again. How the how, what the spectacle is, and like you, you're gonna, you have to sit there and, and have a conversation with your buddies afterward and say, "Man, how did they pull off X, Y, and Z?" Because apparently, there's a lot of that. It's a lot of uh, visual elements that you've never seen on film before. And I'm like, "Oh, cool." I don't know if I want to see that. Uh, I got a 65 inch TV that I only sit 10 feet from. Right. Do I can't you come on Netflix? You own fucking movie theaters now. Can you just go put this in the? I don't forget yeah. about forget about awards eligibility. Put it there because it deserves to be there. My question is why? You know, I mean, they they could even if they just ran it for a week, man. I would to, I would I would make I would probably make time to go see it. Uh, I, how silly that would be, right? Four wall in their own movie, but yeah. dude, really? Don't tell me for one second that you put out that out for a week that every every screen that you have on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday will sell out. I guarantee it. Because we don't, you know, look, he, he was still selling out Transformer movies. And how how stale and old is that shit? Yeah, I'm. I'm. That's that. That's my point. Is like, when did when did Michael Bay? What I mean, what did he do? I mean, look, I think like all those Transformer movies should be straight to Netflix. Um, at this point after like the first one, I guess, I mean, but I mean, I feel like I didn't see Bumble. I have, I, I can't speak. It's good. I've seen, I've seen half of them, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't care about it. Like I felt like here's the thing. It's the same thing with the Fast and Furious movies. After a couple <laughs> of them, I'm just like, oh, great. It's the same movie. They're just fucking, you know, they're just doing different shit, whatever. Fine and dandy. But <laughs> you know, those are the ones I signed in for. But I mean, I can only have one junkie franchise like that, and mine is Fast and Furious. Although the last two, I'm not into really. Um, hopefully, the next one will be better. Uh, oh, see, I love seven. I won't watch eight. I just can't do it. Yeah, eight's not good. <laughs> Die another day. That's all I'm gonna say. They make puns. They always make puns, right? <laughs> With the titles, they called it Fate of the Furious, and oh, I thought it was Fate of the Eight. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's the thing is they call it fate of the, but they spelled, they spelled fate out. I'm like, really? You're not going to put the F and the number eight. You're not doing that. And they didn't. Somebody needs to be fired over at universal <laughs> the promos department and marketing department. Cause that's such a missed opportunity. Now it doesn't change the fact that there's a submarine in it <laughs> that comes. <laughs> Look, man, it totally, at one point it, I thought, I, I thought somebody had switched reels and they'd put, I was waiting for Pierce Brosnan to show up and, um, you know, and the guy with the diamonds in his face and fight on right. snowmobiles. Um, Who's like, well, by the way, and I know we made that reference before, but that, that guy that plays the guy with the diamonds in the face, yes. that guy, that's like, that guy's a great villain. And totally. He, he's, he's, I mean, he's maybe not be top 10, 
Bond no. villains all time, but he's pretty great. He's better than it's Robert a- Davi. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that's true. Don't start with me. You know how I feel about Timothy Dalton Bond movies. Oh, see, I, I, I like the first one. Which one was that, Living Daylight? Yes. Is that the first one? Yeah. I don't, but the other one, uh, the, the License to Kill one, I mean, uh, it's not his fault. I just think the movie's not good. No, it's not his fault. I don't blame him for it. It's like he he just became James Bond in the two kind of jankiest James Bond movies, you know? Right. And that's and then that's not fair to anybody. Honestly. No, because he was a pretty he's a pretty decent. I mean, I think he's a good Bond. He's just not in good movies. Well, it's not his fault. But yeah, think about what what one of the things Priscilla that I Barnes was in one of those movies with him, and not the really? young Priscilla Barnes. Yeah, she's in uh, she's in License to Kill. She gets killed right at the beginning. She's his See, wife. It's been thirty years. So I just don't think about. Yeah, it. don't think about it. <laughs> yes, you, you what, Wayne what Newton. Oh my God, I forgot all about that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, hey everybody. (laughs) There are worse things to to complain about when it comes to James Bond than a blonde Daniel Craig. Yeah, man, totally. And who would have thought that Daniel Craig would still be playing Bond at this point? Everybody thought he'd be one and done. I was hoping. I mean, he's not my favorite for sure. I mean... I like well, uh, he, he makes it he makes it real easy not to be the worst thanks to Timothy Dalton. Oh, I and, Rod, know. and Roger Moore. I, I have to say <laughs> pushing man, your Roger Moore button. One day we'll have it we'll have it to do a whole episode on James on just Bond altogether. And I'll give you right. all, I'll give you all my Bond surprises and you'll want to choke me. Um Hey, I like I like Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Dude, too. it's my favorite movie I, of all dude, of them. Okay, we we have not talked about this because people have Dumped on George Lazenby for God ever. And I'm like going, You guys suck, dude. <laughs> He's awesome. And push the push his performance aside. Even if you have an issue with the performance, it's one of the best Bond movies ever made. It's so fucking ambitious. And when you consider the time it was made, yeah, man. It's even it's even crazier. And I'm like, and you know how many people own it? Only people that have gone out of their way to buy it are people that love it. Everybody I, I, the people that accidentally own it because they bought the box set. I have two copies of it. Um, <laughs> the 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 DVDs, like the ones that came out in the '90s. I, I have two copies of On Her Majesty's Secret Service. One is still sealed because I was afraid if I broke one, I would never be able to find it again <laughs> because it was unavailable. It was only available in the box set, right? And then I magically found the second copy that I have at Big Lots. <laughs> after like at some point, you know, like when all those box sets end up there in individual pieces. Right. It's still the same way. You can't buy it anywhere. It's all, it's out of print and it has been for a long time. Now you can find it. I think you can find it on Blu-ray, but it's, it's some weird reissue from 2015. It's like, and they did this whole real, like when they reissued everything in 2015, when, which was the last Bond movie that came out in 2015? That would have been Skyfall? Spectre? 2015? Was Spectre, Spectre 2015? Was the last, no, uh, Skyfall uh, would be 2015. I think Spectre was yeah. 2017. Yeah, I think that's right. So yeah, when that got, when that got reissued with Skyfall, they, they had, uh, they did individuals, of course, the box set as well. They had the sale on the box set since Fox had put it out the box set <laughs> just just before the whole disney transition and the fox store and a lot they had it i think they had it which is kind of crazy too and then we should point that out how many different studios have their name on that box set they have mgm cbs fox fox themselves sony there's like four or five 
different um, studios that had their hand in making those movies. I don't remember, but I think Never Say Never Again isn't in that because Warner Brothers said, fuck you. I don't remember about that, though. Oh, um, yeah. Well, Never Say Never Again was not even the Broccoli's. Not, they're not even involved. That was literally... And that was that's just a dead remake of <laughs> Thunderball, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, totally. Klaus Maria Brandeur is maybe the worst Bond villain, maybe. Right. Oh, too. I, I'm just I'm looking this up right now on Amazon, um, from the 2016 box set release for for James Bond collection, dude. On Blu-ray, it's only eighty dollars. Wow, it's eighty bucks. How much was? Is this the lowest price it's ever been? It's got to be close to it. The clo- okay, the cheapest it's ever been <clears throat> was sixty seven ninety seven. But dude, eighty dollars for thirty years of well, no more than that, fifty years of Bond movies. Um, what's interesting is they did a. They did a 2015 box set and they did a 2016 box set because one of them, uh, the first the 2015 one didn't have Spectre. No, Spectre came out. That's it. Spectre came out in 2015, dude. Wow, so has box. it been that long already? Yeah, Jesus Christ. yeah, yeah. Because the the 2016 box has Spectre, the, which in it? came out a year later, has Spectre on it. Wow. So 20, it's got 24 Bond movies on it. Holy shit, dude! Well, no wonder Daniel Craig is getting out. He's five years in between movies. It's hard to fucking, <laughs> dude. I'm saying he's fifty. He just turned fifty. He's the same age as me. Yeah. I mean, he's like, if he's not fifty, he turns fifty like in February or something goofy. Yeah, and he's a fun actor because I mean, I remember when Larry Kate came out before that, and I thought, oh yeah, dude, you when when he got announced to be Bond, I'm like, dude, have you guys seen Larry Kate? No, then see it. Then you're gonna be okay with him playing Bond. At least, you know. <laughs> just deal with it. Casino Royale is a lot of fun. I, I I think it's got. I think the supporting cast is 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 why it stands out for me. But in a lot of ways too, I really wish they would have done. They would have made remade like the David Niven's version of Casino Royale. I wanted to see something nutty like that, but yeah. Um, but the folks that were involved in in putting all it together were just like, no, we're gonna be faithful to Ian's book, and that's what we're gonna do. And it's fine too, because what have they done now? They've done four movies, right? Right. The, the new ones four. Is the new one the fourth movie? The new one is the fifth movie. Fifth, fifth movie, right? And they're all direct sequels. And that was always something the big deal they made about with um, Quantum of Solace was the first one after Casino Royale, right? Yeah. It wasn't great, but um, but 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 from that point on, they've all been direct sequels of each other. Right. So they're, they've they've literally, which is unusual, and but it's been working. Now, great, and granted, Spectre wasn't as good, but Skyfall was pretty fucking great as far as bomb movies go. Um, but yeah, I know, I know you're not a big Sam Mendes fan. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if I want to take a nap, sure, they're good. He's good for that. Yeah, and but but this movie, this is the kind of movie because the thing about Bond movies and just action, those types of action movies in general, don't really benefit from a specific kind of director, a name director. They don't benefit from that. I still think movies like that benefit from. Yeah. You know, dudes stunt like, coordinators, stunt coordinators turn actors, as like turn Martin directors. Campbell or right. uh, John Glenn. Yeah, totally. Um, guys that guys that know how to shoot action. You know, same thing with DPs. Same D, those kinds of DPs that shot action transitioning into directing is exactly why those kinds of things work. That's why like Corey guys like Corey Young would come in and 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 do movies like like the transporter because they know how to film action. Right. And that's and that's key too is guys to just know how things look how to make things look good on camera. That's what you want. You're not going you're not going for a deep dive. Hey Sam I need Sam Mendes to direct this because I, I Yeah, have a lot exactly. Of- that that was my <laughs> thing. I was like, why why do we need him to do I don't eh, whatever man. 
And then I oh, was speaking of, dude, we should, I, we should do a whole like episode on bond, dude. Oh dude, we can do a whole month. on. Let's bond, do it. Let's honestly. do it the week before bond comes out. Oh yeah. yeah let's do that. I mean, yes. I, I think, I think I'm back before that. I get back on March 2nd now because we, uh, we pushed a week. So I, I, my return flight is on the second. Cause I think we wrap our last day of shooting is February 28th. Does everything been official with the announcement yet? Of like the, official, official beyond beyond just the two leads. Uh, no, they haven't. They, I mean, the the movie has been announced and the leads, but they haven't they haven't announced the supporting players yet. Right. No. We we haven't really talked about. It. We're not hiding anything. You haven't told. We haven't talked about it because nope. it sounded like it was gonna it was gonna come to to the surface this week. But actually, since this is going up the sixth of January, it might be announced. It might be announced first. next, like literally, yeah, uh, probably yeah. if not next week, because everybody's kind of still on holiday, and you know they they just launched Rebeller and all that. So um, right. I feel like I feel like those announcements will come like that week of the sixth. Um, right. Another quick thing I want to talk about before we jump off. It's another thing I'm super excited about. I don't know if you know about it or if you've or you even care, but have you? I, I picked up the Blu-ray of um, the Cotton Club Encore. Um, right. I remember it. I remember you just forwarded to me. And you said I'm buying this. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I did. I did, and I watched it. And it, dude, it is like watching like a whole other movie. I mean, I always, I was always a fan. I love the Cotton Club because I'm, I'm again, it's gangster stuff. And also, right. as you know, I'm a giant fucking Richard Gere fan, and people make fun of me all the time, but I don't really care. But this is like, <laughs> so I saw it when it came out because it had Richard Gere, Diane Lane, uh, Nick Cage. Remar, right. James Remar, dude, everybody that I love. And Gregory it was a, Hines. Gregory Hines, Gregory and Maurice Hines. Um, right, the, the the brothers Hines dancing this. Oh, oh and the God, stuff that they put dude. back into the movie. Uh, it's not yeah. unlike what Coppola did with uh, the Apocalypse Now redo. I mean, I don't, and you mm. know what? Some people love it, some people hate it. I'm sure this will be the same. But, I mean, for me, as always being a fan of this movie, and the stuff that they put back in, some of these musical numbers, it's it's truly amazing. I mean, it's probably one of my favorite, uh, it's probably one of my favorite DVD Blu-ray purchases of the year. Um, and I would say, if you're a Coppola fan, you should definitely check it out, um, pick it up. Yeah. It's only It was only $14.99 Blu-ray, and it comes with digital and a DVD. Oh, um, uh, see, that's rare anymore yeah. to get both. No, you get Especially when with, 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 with boutique releases like that, yep. it's rare. Yeah, I was shocked. It's funny because I ordered it, and then I was in Dallas, and I was going to go pick one up for Aaron, the director, just because... I was like, yeah, I was just going to give it to him because we're, we're like movie buddies. <laughs> right. And, uh, we were, we were, and he thinks it's funny that I love Richard Gere. Uh, but he does love Coppola and he, and we were talking about it. And one of our producers, Chad actually saw a screening of it in New York in September. Um, and he was raving about it and it was just like, so I went to, I went to, even to Barnes and Noble, man. Nope. No Blu-ray. They had one copy oh. of it on DVD. Uh, no, but Best Buy didn't have it. You know, there's really, it's funny because if, when you think about buying like boutique DVD or blue, literally it's all order online at this point. I don't know where you can really pick up Shout Factory stuff if you don't order it from Amazon or from Shout Factory. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't, it's a little difficult now, you know, it's not, I don't know. Which is weird. It's become more like that because, you know, why put things on a shelf? Why, you know, why have a buyer worry about that stuff? Right. If you have a group of buyers that do it online, then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, and, totally. And, and generally speaking with guys like Amazon and stuff, 
I know what some of the boutique places, and I don't, I can't name any specific. I just know one of them, and I won't name because they may have changed that, and maybe that's not for general consumption. But they sell so many titles through Amazon that sometimes they ship them. They they'll ship them stuff with an invoice, and they just accept the invoice and add it to their inventory. They're not ordering it. They're sending. They're, the, the companies are automatically sending stuff to Amazon because they know they're going to sell it. Right. They're, they're, it's almost like a, you know, if you get stuff on Amazon, like you have a subscription, like I want my, I want that peanut butter that I love so much. The Justin's oh, right. honey, honey rose. Oh my God, did I need to order more? Cause I'm, I, I got another jar for you. Right on. Um, but it's like that kind of thing where they just kind of like, Oh look, we sold out. So send us more. And then that, it, it, and that's how it is. They sell that many. And that's right. one of the reasons why, why those boutique places stay afloat and able or unable to put out these limited runs and get the rights for these things because they sell so many. So damn it. This is why there are no, that's why that you don't have that, 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 that digital copy because fuck that. Right. <laughs> you no, won't. I'm with you. And speaking of, I, I mentioned it last month with the Kino Lorber Black Friday deals that we both got. I watched Mr. Majestic. Last oh week. yeah good right and i've seen it many times but this transfer of uh, richard fleischer's uh, mr majestic with charles bronson is so clean it's like i said i would recommend the movie anyway but it's so cool to see it again and in some care put into it i haven't watched any extras i don't remember how much how many extras there are there aren't a lot but dude i don't recall the movie ever looking this good yeah, Kino and does a nice job, man. It, and and I, I was itching to crack Miracle Mile open, but I, I I think I need to, I think I need to double double bill that with day after just so I can. Oh <laughs> yeah, kind for of, sure, just right? Just to lighten you up on the other end after you've bumped yeah. yourself away out with. Uh, yeah, but no, if you haven't seen Mister Majestic, get on that, and it's not spelled the way you think it is. It's spelled M A J E S T Y K, and it. And if you've never, and people have never read, you know, the big bounce, you know, it's, it's the character that, 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 um, Charles plays in it is from the, from, uh, right, it's from the big Elmore bounce, Leonard's, from the big bounce. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was, again, if you're a fan of Elmore Leonard, if you're not, it's only because you haven't read any of stuff. Cause if you have read stuff, then you'll be correct. like, I, I can't consume enough. I mean, he, for people that are may are massive horror novel uh, consumers, in the any deep dive on their Clive Barker and their Stephen King, this is the equa- equation that's for crime novelists. Oh, dude! And the pool is so much deeper oh with Elmore gosh, Leonard. I mean, literally. Yeah. It's funny you brought him up because uh, I just watched um, Joe Kidd the other night. Oh man, which was written by Elmore Leonard, <laughs> yeah. which I didn't remember until his name came up on the credits, and I was like, oh, Jesus! He has so many, not just full, fully baked. Um, novels, but he's got he he's like again he's like Stephen King. Someone's ringing my doorbell. It's okay, man. <laughs> I gotta I got I'm gonna have to jam soon too because I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go pick up food for my donkeys. <laughs> you gotta pick up some ass food. <laughs> gotta go get some food for the asses. Anyway, so there you go. <laughs> this is our first yeah uh, loose Monday. Twenty twenty is we're doing this remotely. You're at home. I'm sitting in my living room because my studio is in shambles right now. Well, I'm going to see you on I'll, Monday, right? Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to probably still record here in the living room. All right, whatever. Which is which is cool. Um, it's it's it works well because of all the cushions. We can, we can watch it's, Silver Bullet while we talk about other movies, dude. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll br- I'll bring um, it, and we'll see what happens. All right. Oh, so if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Twitter. Even for now, anyway, at Corey Culp and the official at Karate Pod. You can follow Freddie at Raven Shattuck at Twitter. 
for at least another month or at the Instagram rock and roller 33 sometime between now and then maybe I'll put an Instagram page because I never I don't even have a placeholder for the show and I'm gonna have to yeah I think, let's do it we'll just fucking post it you know we'll post we'll post a picture <laughs> of the movie that we're talking about <laughs> what how weird is that I do later